0: This is The Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Rinella. Andy Schock
1: from New York State? New York State. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm 47 years old going to be 48 this year and uh been hunting
0: better, my, that better be the case
1: yeah hopefully <laughs> if i make it to january and uh you know i've been hunting my whole life hunting and fishing my whole life been interested in hunting and fishing my entire life um do you even have a mackinaw shirt on to drive the point home yeah actually this is a, a wool rich and my, my oh, father,
0: oh, a Matt is a manufacturer,
1: yeah. Uh huh. Oh, okay,
0: I always just thought it was that pattern the red and black checker.
1: No, yeah, so it's so a- uh, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not, I that- don't either.
0: Hey, man, I yeah, I yeah, I, I screw I'm- stuff <laughs> like that up constantly.
1: That's a good question, though.
0: All it's I know it- is it's a
1: hundred percent wool. And my father bought it for me at a, a store up in the Adirondacks. He bought himself one and, and me one. And and it's my go-to hunting shirt. It's the warmest thing ever. And I wear it all the time. So, yeah, that's what I'm wearing right now. Black and, black and red checkered shirt. Wool. But I've been hunting my whole life. And uh, my dad actually didn't get hunting because he worked, you know, to support his family. But he didn't really start hunting until I was in my you know, mid twenties and he, and he did it to really spend more time with me. Um, my uncles hunted, everybody I knew hunted and fished. That's just the way it was. I mean, similar to you when I hear, you know, stories that your, um, brother tells like back then everybody hunted and fished Mm. and uh, we just, we, and, and it was everything, squirrels, rabbits. That was just part of the culture. That was just. Yeah, that's just
0: what we did. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I it was not that way where I grew up. I'd say maybe a quarter of the kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. A lot of there were a lot of most kids. A lot of kids were into sports. A kids were into cars. Um, there's a kid. Kids really like where I grew up. There's rock music is a big part of the culture there, at least when I was a kid. So everybody was way into music. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I even I th- got, te- I even remember getting teased a little bit because I was so
1: fixated on haunting by yeah. other kids. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everybody did it though. Like, even if they were guys that, you know, like were into sports or guys that were into music or guys that they just did it, you know. Um, my uncle had recorded music, he wanted to be a rock and roll singer. And, and, he was like the coolest guy in the world, but he hunted and fished. Like he never missed an opening day of fishing and he never missed the, you know, of trout season or never missed the opening day of, of deer scenes. It's just like what people did, you know, yeah. which is not the same now. It's kind of like, I, I put a little note down here that, you know, like I've been hunting quietly for a long time because it's not something that you bring up where I'm from because people probably starting in like, about in the 90s, it just became like one of those things you didn't talk about. I live close to a town called um, Woodstock, which y- you think of the festival, but it was actually where they wanted to have the festival. And there's a lot of people that just, you know, they don't want to hear about hunting. They don't want to see guys in camo. They Wait, frown the upon Woodstock
0: him. Festival wasn't
1: actually in Woodstock? No, no. It was in a town called Bethel. Bethel Woods is a big venue now for concerts, but it was in a town called Bethel, which is west by an hour and a half or so on a big farm. Yeah. really? Yeah. The why town, did
0: they call it Woodstock?
1: Because they wanted to have it in Woodstock, and the fa- and the and the guy who was promoting the concert lived in Woodstock, oh. Michael, Lynn, and he just yeah. So so it, in the promotion leading up to it,
0: it just became. They, they were calling it Woodstock, 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 and yeah. at last minute they have a change of venue. Yeah. Oh, because wow. the town wouldn't
1: let them have it. Have the festival? No,
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah. yeah so, so you got guys like Jimi Hendrix had a house in Wood in the actual town of Woodstock. You had Van Morrison had a town uh, house in Woodstock. um Bob Dylan had a house in Woodstock. So, all these guys, they rented
0: rented houses there for the event. You mean,
1: no, no, they actually had houses and lived there. Oh, I thought Jimi Hendrix lived in Seattle. Well, he was from Seattle, but he had a house there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there was this action.
0: So, okay, that's that's interesting. I never really thought about why there,
1: but there must have been a bit of a a scene. There's a big, yeah, there's a big music culture there i don't know if you know you know the band with uh um garth hudson and uh those guys that it was called the band they were the band oh, from robbie
0: robertson the band
1: robbie robertson yeah, yeah all yeah. those guys yeah so they they had they had a studio in woodstock so it was like a big music place yeah but so we live we live probably right now i live about i don't know 40 minutes from there and um when I grew up, though, I was 20 minutes from there, 15 minutes from there. So you didn't really talk about hunting with anybody, even in school. Even though unless everybody you knew did somebody. it. Yeah. It's, it It was like there was like a, a, like a good majority of people that had moved in or had lived in that area that didn't do it. And then there was the people that were from there that, that that's all we did. You know, we hunted and fished. It was kind of strange. It was kind of like a thing like... You wouldn't talk about it, but you, but you knew everybody did it. Hmm. Why, why was it, was it like taboo
0: or just, just wasn't really worth talking about?
1: A little bit taboo. It's almost like the, the, the hippie culture and the New York influence. Uh, Right. Don't, we're not going to hurt animals, but. Okay. Okay. Everybody loves to eat them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. And it's gotten, it's gotten like progressively harder and harder to even like, I don't, if say I'm hunting somewhere, I don't feel comfortable getting out of the truck and like walking into, I don't know, a convenience store or gas station or something like that. Because I know that in your hunting garb, you mean? Yeah. Because I know that everybody there is going to be looking at me like, what is this guy doing? I you know it's it's funny I I, I now live in a I, I, for
0: the last twenty years I've lived in a very conservative part of the world a very conservative uh, agricultural kind of town and even here it's just a throwback to the old days where I lived in more avant garde places
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I still I do not like going into stores looking like an anti federalist yeah I
1: like to take off the the camo you know I don't know yeah so I I get that and for and for me like going to places like Miles City or going to places like um Bozeman's getting a little bit crazy it's that we call it Bos Angeles now but going yeah to, you go- have a lot of history
0: with Montana even though you live and were born in with- New York yeah okay because so- I
1: my best friend lives lives there in Bozeman, and he moved out there in 93. He's from New York. And, uh, yeah, so I've spent a lot of time since 2013 out there. And I just love it. I mean, my wife's whole family is from here, so, you know, I don't have the potential of moving there right now. But, man, if I could, I'd I'd, I'd want to move west because it's like everything that I love about the outdoors is accepted out there. I even went to Colorado in 2012. I remember driving. I was in, um uh oh, I can't even think of the name of the town right now, but I was uh, uh, deer hunting and elk hunting there. And, and when I drove through the little town there, there's a motel on the side of the road and there's two guys, you know, quartering up a deer on their tailgate. Nobody's saying anything. And there's restaurants, you know, all the pubs have signs that say, you know, welcome hunters and stuff like that you don't see that here you know you have to go like way way upstate and i'm two and a half hours from the city i see but you have to go way upstate to even see anything close to that
0: yeah i'm trying you've got me trying to empathize Uh, i'm sitting here thinking how would that feel to be to be a hunter in a place where you were were you kind of kept it under your hat that you were a hunter just because you felt like the culture was not accepting of it.
1: Yeah, and I'm not I'm not the type of person. I wasn't raised the type of person to be to put it in people's faces. You know, I'm allowed to do it, and it's my right, and I'm right, going to make right. you feel well. Awesome. Yeah, that's, I'm like, like they, listen, you know, they ain't there's gonna people do, they that ain't
0: going to do us any favors.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's people that that aren't into it and don't like it, or maybe they just don't know. And they're, they're ignorant to, to what, you know, we actually are all about, you know? And, and so that's why when I hear, I, I have a little note here that, that, you know, I've heard some of your comments about your disdain for hunting TV because of the moral, you know, if you look through it through a moral lens at at what these guys are doing out there and they're putting, you know, content out there that, and they're shooting things and blood's going everywhere. And they're just like, they're just wanting killing for no reason. And they're taking too many elk because they just, because they can. Uh, and for content and stuff like that. I, I see your point because it's, it's like, that's not what it's about. You know, when you say things like, I know, People will make fun of you or make fun of anybody that'll say, you know, the purity of hunting and the outdoors and fishing and, you know, the outdoor lifestyle, but that's really what it is. You know what I mean? It's the purity of it is that's what gets you back to nature. And for me, it's like what centers me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for somebody to, to, to turn it into a video game, You know, gag me, man. I don't want to even hear about that kind of stuff. And I don't want to watch that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. But then the other part of me is like, hey, man, you're a hypocrite. Because talking about myself, um, I love watching Meat Eater. I could listen. your Your brother could read a phone book and I would sit there and listen to it. Because I like the storytelling. I like the, the way he he describes the, the experience and shows it and everything else like that. Uh, shows like Western Hunter. I love it. Um, Randy Newberg. You know, he's like, he was on your podcast and he's like a genuinely good guy, you know? But at the same time, like I said in my email, like, stop telling people how great it is to hunt out in Montana. Because... I see people in Montana that shouldn't be in Montana and why are they there? Cuz they think it's easy to go out there and shoot an elk and they're going to clog up the trailheads and all that kind of stuff. So it's like I'm like conflicted and that's yeah. why I really wanted to talk to you because like like a lot of the the media that I grew up on fueled my imagination. Cuz how does a kid like me Even know about the West, unless I, unless somebody takes me out there and my dad wasn't taking me out there. Nobody in my family was taking me out there, you know, but it was, it was, it was me just like thinking about it and dreaming about it and wanting to do it. And then finally, when I got the opportunity, I said, that's it, I'm going, you know, so it's kind of like, it's like a two-edged sword. It really is. It really is because like for me, Matt, like when I go into, if you want to just talk social media, when I go into a house full of my family and they're all sitting there looking at their devices, I want to take them all up in a basket and flush them down the toilet and be like, nobody's looking at anything. I call anti-social media Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to talk to each other. They want to look at everybody else's life and what they're doing, which is all probably 98% of it is fake, right? Yeah. I was just talking to my wife tonight, she goes, she goes <laughs> she says uh you know, you better be careful because uh you don't want to offend anybody. I said, it's not about offending anybody. It's the truth. Like if you're just going to talk the truth, I know you know it. There's a guy out there with a gun and he's got a deer and DIY and, you know, did it all on my own, backpacked in. Meanwhile, he got driven by an outfitter out on a quad. He jumped off, shot a deer on a fence. They dragged it over and he took a picture with a mountain behind him so he could get, you know, 5,000 likes or whatever. Yeah. And just
0: to be clear, I, there's dishonesty in as near as i can tell all of it you take you you take the most the, the, the 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 sources that you find most credible and i strongly suspect that there's dishonesty there i mean i i've had a i have a little bit of a just a little pinprickle light that i get to like a little like I get that I can look through you know a little peephole you know and even in that little peephole there's a I see a lot of, like half of it's a, a pile of manure yeah um, so you know that's something to 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 keep in mind but at the same time I you I can't hear you say what you say without having to think through the value of it, of hunting media in that it helped you, uh, it helped you identify something or expand on something that you really loved and learn more about it. Uh, I guess in in my stance on it, where I don't, I am, I am, I'm opposed to all hunting promotion, and it's kind of a cynical view, but I just don't see these people people that are engaged in hunting promotion. Um, they they haven't done what it takes to keep hunting vibrant for people like me that like to hunt publicly accessible non-pay land. They, the, the, there's no, like, there's a lot of hunting celebrities in the state where I live and, and they're getting, and there's more every
1: day out there.
0: Yeah. And so, my thing is they're the only people with a voice in hunting, they're the hunting celebrities. And they by and large are uh purport to be concerned about publicly accessible hunting. But then we have group we have companies like Land Trust uh that are locking up all kinds of property here competing with government programs that allow everybody to hunt um f- that are funded by out of state license fees block management yeah so um, and you- they won't when- they don't say, they won't take a tough stance the celebrities will not take a st- tough stance on anything and a lot of them uh actually generate content they cause leasing the hunting celebrities cause leasing because people look at that content and it's a free, it's free advertising for people that want to lease out their land. It's free advertising for outfitters that yeah. lease up land. There's no doubt about it. They cause leasing the celebrities cause leasing and they, they even generate how to content and how to do it. So as I just feel like, I, my my thing with hunt quietly is i just felt like there needed to be some place for people that hunt publicly accessible land um and and want want there to be some quality there because the 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 nonprofits aren't looking out for them they're trying to crowd them out with more hunters so that they can you know and, and they're doing that at the behest of the celebrities in the hunting industry so they can make more you know make get more dues and 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 make more make more money. They're not looking out for us. The the celebrities certainly aren't looking out for us. They're contributing to the biggest problems in hunting today, and ability to draw tags, crowding, um, commodification of wildlife. So I guess I everything a lot, so many things in life have a positive and a negative side. But I just look at I look at hunting, I look at hunting promotion and I'm like yeah here's a bunch of people hyping the shit out of it but doing like essentially nothing like they'll they'll do enough to to provide a little lip service and be at least say that they're doing something for access but and then they they like they're all willing to like make nebulous like nondescript um, claims to care about Habitat, just because it's just easy to say that, you know, because everybody can get behind this habitat, you know, yeah. Um, but you know, and then
1: conservation,
0: yeah. yeah. So that's where I, I I am sympathetic to the value it's brought you, but well, then I look the hunting media, hunting celebrities, etc. have brought you. I'm I'm sympathetic to that. I see your point, but you know, and and maybe I think that I'll get sick of this and just quit at some point, but, but, but if I don't, and if it does catch on and people do start to pay attention to what me and, and the other people that are helping are saying, the hope would be that there'd be some compromise down the road with, with the hunting celebrities and the hunting industry and the hunting, the the compromise would have to be something along the lines of you. People are going to have to do way 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 more way more for access because you are have a negative effect on access
1: so this is where it gets really complicated for me but gets very interesting for this conversation and it's, it's a little bit the reason why I reached out to you because I thought it would bring value to the com- your conversation. Thank, thank you. Yeah. And, and, and that is, I see that in the West. And I'm talking not just Montana, but, you know, I was like, <laughs> I have to say, like, I was ticked off when I turned on the Meteor podcast and they're like, and your brother says, when I retire, I'm gonna move to Wyoming because Wyoming and blah blah blah. And he's talk promoting why you know going to Wyoming. I'm like, shut up. Don't tell anybody to move to Wyoming. The reason Wyoming is so great is because nobody's there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I think, and this is a this is a, I'm I'm not trying to offend you in any way, but I think you let Randy Newberg get off a little bit easy. Because I love Randy Newberg, but I'll tell you, I think he's he must be a gr- really good person because of all the stuff that I hear and his conversation. But telling people exactly how to get a tag every year to hunt elk, the tags went from I remember they were twenty eight hundred leftover tags to two years ago I couldn't get a tag as a non resident.
0: Oh because he was in, telling in, in people in, in about about it. this is this is in Montana. Yeah, in
1: Montana. Yeah,
0: yeah. I um, know people that I know people that own okay, so there's a friend of mine has uh a cabin in this little development um in the on the edge of the mountains, and I and she get and you can get at and she gives me access through there to to hunt back there and behind it and there's several cabins in there that the landowners are out of state land or the cabin owners are out of state (laughs) i mean the big the big draw to one of those cabins is accessing that land back there and they can't they can't can't draw a tag
1: anymore you know Uh, it's 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 absolutely Ridiculous. And he's sitting there saying, oh, if I thought this wasn't working and I wasn't. And you're like, yeah, Randy, I understand. But don't don't pretend like you're not you haven't been promoting Montana. I mean, I'm not from Montana. I haven't lived there, but my buddy lives there. And he said when I say, hey, did you see that buck that Randy Newberg shot? Or did you see that elk that one of the guys in his? He says, yup." He says, he shot that blah, blah, blah. And he tells me exactly where he shot it. Mm. It's not like he's hiding where he's going. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if, you know, a couple of goofballs like us can figure out where he's hunting, you don't think somebody who's got on and is checking things out can say, if I draw a tag, I'm going to go right to that place. You know, so he's so so it's been those how to he does a a series with um Corey Jacobs, who's – I think Corey Jacobs lives in Idaho. Cor- Corey Jacobson. Corey Jacobson, right. Yeah. And he does he does a, a thing, Elk 101, and they, they go step by step by step how to get an elk tag. And that's why I wrote in that email to you, the first email, I said, he took out the how to do it on your own. Like, right. there's people when I was a kid that said, I'm going to Wyoming and I'm going to hunt. And I was like, really? How are you going to do it? And they, you know, figured it out and they researched it and they called people and they went out there for vacation first and talked to local people and then came back and then and they figured the whole thing out. Now it's like, this is how you do it. This is how you go. And this is how you get your tag. And so I think like your situation You know, I I know you've had people on from Pennsylvania and the South and this and that, and they're like, oh, yeah, our places are overrun with hunters and whatever else. But your situation where you're saying, I'm going to the trailhead and there's 50 trucks there, I don't see that here. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I've been seeing it, and I'm kind of blowing up my spot right now, but I've been seeing since I was in my 20s. So for the last 27 years, I've seen a steady decline in people hunting. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to somebody today and I said, man, you know, there's a spot that I can hunt that I got permission on. It's 3,000 acres. And there's nobody even coming close to that property where I hunt. They're not coming in on it, they're not pushing in on it, they're not coming from the state land in. And around that would well, that'd
0: there, be trespassing, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, but if you if you knew the place, I guess I'm not describing it correctly, and I'm trying to, to try to keep it secret a little bit, but if you knew the place, if you trespassed, no one would know you were trespassing anyway. And for years and years and years, people trespassed it. Because I've had permission for for the last 30 years to hunt the place. And you always found trespassers there. There was, we would go, I was talking to my father because I went up to the Adirondacks and I said, hey, pop, I said, "Uh, you know, remember every opening day you'd pull up and there'd be two trucks here and there'd be two trucks there and there'd be three trucks there. He says, yeah. And he says, they used to come out, you know, early 80s, late 70s. They'd be coming out in Jeeps, you know, down these Two tracks, you know, coming out of the, we call them woodlot roads out here, but coming out of the state land, they would drive their Jeeps right in there. They didn't even care. And there was private land here and private land there, but they would just trespass all over it. And they would hunt like crazy. There was guys, Matt, that were seven, eight guys would go in. They would stay in there for a week and a half. There's not even a truck now. Mm. You could hunt for three weeks and never see a person. Mm. That's cool. It's just the way it is. And it's not because there's no deer. It's not because there's no bear. You know, we have two things that we hunt big game black bears and white tailed deer. That's it, you know? Mm -hmm. Out by you, you know, it's like, for me, it's like Disneyland. There's white tailed deer, there's mule deer, (laughs) there's black bears, there's moose, there's sheep, there's goats, there's elk. You know, it's like, it's a, Habitatry out there, but for here, it's you got two things that you can hunt. And when we were when we were kids, they didn't even give out doe tags; it was just buck tags, and there was no. They, they said, you know, it could be a devil horn spike, a tiny little you couldn't even put your ring on it. It's a buck you're shooting it. That's how it was when we were kids. Now there's a three point rule in five counties here, four four or five counties here, and you're seeing giant bucks everywhere wow oh so for me like when i hear you say man i go to the trailhead and there's 50 people i'm like or that guy i think he had i i think not last week or the week before there was um some guys from uh in the south somewhere um, oklahoma Oklahoma and they were saying they were saying how oh yeah there's like people and you try to get permission and people get mad and they chase you off and this and that and the other thing I don't see that where I'm from yeah yeah I just don't see it yeah what, what I see is I see people that are like you know they either hunt 300 yards from the road or they don't hunt and, and even a lot of these guys, it's funny, because a lot of these, these people that are, like, getting into hunting, they'll go 300 yards from the road, they'll shoot a doe, and then they're done for the year, you know? Or they go 300 yards from the road, they hunt a couple of days, they don't see anything, and then that's it, they're done. And you won't see them for two, three years. Oh, there's no deer in there. And meanwhile, we're dragging out big bucks, or we're shooting, you know, two or three bucks in the places, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. So, I you know. Man, the, Andy is like, I would,
0: if I had a situation like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, how are you different
1: than Randy right now? I know, I know. That's so why I didn't want to talk about it on this, on this podcast. But I'm because, just like. Yeah, it, I know. It,
0: don't you, I mean, you've got to if you've been listening to my podcast I've been talking to people all over, from all over the country you have to know that that's
1: an anomaly I think it is but but I'm kind of skeptical when I hear certain people talk about it when I hear people from Pennsylvania and I hear people from Michigan or somewhere like that and I hear I I think I honestly and I I may be I may change my mind. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that smart, but so I might change my mind, but I think that, that a lot of it is promoted by the social media where you see a guy and he sits in a tree stand over a a food plot or a, a green field or some big beautiful field and he rattles his horns a couple times and he hits his grunt call and here comes in a 140 buck and he shoots it with his bow and that's what people want right and the reason i say that is because i even see i ha- my nephew shot his first deer on my lap he's in his 20s now his good friends are in his 20s we all hunt together and i can even see them kind of getting disappointed too early when we hunt, because it's like I grew up, you would sit in a tree stand and this is no lie. You, and even, even now where we hunt and the places that I'm telling you, you can shoot big bucks around here, you can hunt two weeks and it's heavy timbered mountains. You can hunt for two weeks and never see a buck. Whoa. Never even see never even see a deer, but man, when you see him, he's a giant. Or if you're a good hunter, you're reading sign and you know, man, every single day is, is like, it's going to be the lot. You're going to win the lotto because you know the deer are there, but they're just a lot smarter than you are. You know, like there's runways. I've been, I've been on, I was just there on Saturday and there's runways that are just just down to the mud. And you're like, there's deer here. It's not one deer that's making that path, right? Now, I know how to read sign because I was taught that way. I think a lot of the new onset hunters and new guys coming in, they're taught by YouTube, you know, and they're expecting instant gratification. They're expecting instant results. And they're thinking, I got to be in one of those spots. Well, there's a lot of spots around here like that. If you want to hunt and I've hunted. I, I I hunted a place that probably wouldn't appeal to you, but I'm a deer hunter, and I like eating the meat, and I like cooking. That's that's one of the, my my favorite things is to is to cook wild game. And I hunted a place where my tree stand I could I overlooked the Tappan Zee Bridge, and I don't know if you know what the Tappan Zee Bridge is, but it's a no, it's the widest span of the Hudson River that a bridge goes across. And it's right there, uh, just north of Jersey, and it goes into Westchester County. They call it the, um, oh, what do they call it now? They have a new name for it because they put in a new bridge there. Anyway, it's a heavy populated area with mansions, these these mini mansions, and all the people live in the city. Well, my buddy says to me, he says uh you know my friend's a, a caretaker down there and they're spending a million dollars a year on this one estate to um get rid of the or to to replant all the the bushes and shrubs and stuff like that cuz the deer are eating them. You want to come down he has depredation permits and you can you can shoot some whitetails in September. I said great. I shot 3 bucks in the morning looking at the Tappan Zee Bridge. Wow. I probably saw 25 deer there. So if you want that kind of experience where you're just killing deer and you're, and you're shooting big, nice bucks and you're, you're hunting, you know, they're, they're still wild animals and they're still, they, you know, come to the calling and all this stuff. You can have that kind of experience in New York. Western New York is very agricultural. You can hunt it just like you're hunting Ohio or Illinois or anything like that. But in my area, mountain deer, you can hunt three, you can hunt two weeks. I would say you could probably hunt two weeks and say, and see 10 deer the whole time, but you know, they're there. Mm -hmm. And when you get one, it's going to be a big one. Yeah. You know? And for me, that's what, that's, for me, I just like hunting, you know, and I'm not a jealous person at all. Like. My wife said this weekend I, I could only go on Saturday for a little bit and she's and my nephew was gonna go on Saturday afternoon for a couple of hours. And she said, Man, you're gonna be mad when he gets one. I said, No, I'm not. I'll be happier when he gets one than if I got one myself, you know. So it's a it's I just love hunting and I love being out in the outdoors. And if even if I don't see anything, I see, you know, see any deer, I'll I'll see owls or I'll see hawks or i'll see sparrows and just be happy that i'm out there breathing the fresh air so you know for me it's a little bit different but i'm going to tell you something right now i don't see people i mean we've been lamenting about how the how the older guys have been falling off you know and not going out hunting anymore and there's no young people coming into it and there's nobody in the woods. Well, no,
0: you've convinced me that there's an anomaly out there. Um, but I still have people coming at me from all over the country talking about how oh, they can't draw tags. It's comically overcrowded. Um, the survey data bears this out. Um, I'm looking at an article right not here in in uh, in uh, that was that was in Bugle Magazine, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation made survey overcrowding, access issues among biggest hunting challenges. The R3 data, survey data, bears it out that people pick their locations based on where they think they're going to see other people. People sometimes feel like safety is an issue. The crowding is so bad. I got a guy coming on um, that's the, the, the head of the biggest national forest in the state of Colorado. He runs it for the forest service he says i am done hunting in colorado uh there's uh here's colorado's an, crazy there's have a, you ever
1: hunted colorado n-
0: no here's an article uh tony hansen he he's a writer for wired to hunt are the good old days of whitetail hunting over and he says he just can't draw tags anymore it's comically under overcrowded he even lays the faint the The blame for that at his own feet. So yeah, that's freaking great that you have somehow live in this overlooked place. Maybe it's because it's people think of New York and they think of New York City. Um, you know, you, you somebody if some writer, outdoor writer, listens to this episode, there's a good chance that they're gonna do what they do, which is write a get it while it's hot article yeah oh, and that big bucks are coming from new york and it'll be like yeah new york's been under new york's been ignored for years but that's where the hot action is you yeah know, I that's saw, what they'll, they'll, they'll do that to you if if they if some if some writer listens to this some outdoor writer he don't give a shit about your experience he <laughs> gives a shit about making money and he will write that article man
1: he'll promote it out of it I wrote an email to your brother, I don't know. I want to say 3 years ago or 2 years ago. Got no response, but I sent him an email and I said, "Hey, listen, I have access to this you know, property and I ha- and there's and there's 16,000 acres around it that's all state land and I'd love to have you come up and feature New York." Okay?
0: Mhm. A lot of people do this. It tends to be people that kind of want a little notoriety for themselves, and then, or you know, they they'll the they'll invite celebrities to their right. Like, I'm like, how is that? How is that fair to the other people that hunt that area that well, don't so, want that?
1: So I that never even came into my mind until I listened to your podcast, right, and listened to your perspective on it. I just was thinking, you know, and, and Joe Rogan talks about this like we all people are very tribal right so like you're a hunter we, we could probably talk for if we weren't on this podcast and we were just talking right about just mm-hmm. stuff we could probably talk for eight hours and never even stop and just oh yeah and this happened this time and then when i was 12 and when i was 18 and when i was 25 and we have something in common right right so Absolutely. i'm listening to the podcast i'm watching your brother on the thing there's Cal and there's, you know, New Hearth and all these guys and you and Clay Newcom. And, and I'm like, hey, listen, there's bears here, there's deer here. Why don't you guys come? I'll, you know, I can show you this place and you can hunt here with me. You know, it would be a cool thing to actually like feature something that I've loved my whole life with no inkling of what that would do to the place, right? bring in all these people and everything else like that, which I'm probably going to do now because I think you have four listeners to the podcast yeah. and yeah. one of them is going to blow this place up. But, <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, get no response. And I was kind of like deflated a little bit because I'm like, man, you know, this bozo's out there hunting in Montana and he doesn't give a crap about New York. Meanwhile, he used to live in New York. He should know that where I'm from has all kinds of opportunity. Okay. Fast forward, I'm listening to your podcast and like, man, I'm glad they didn't respond. I'm glad they didn't come hunt with me because maybe I, maybe I'd be singing the same tune as you.
0: Oh man, I think you would. Like, there, you know, I hear, I have a few stories, you know, like, I, I don't, I try not to talk about, I try to talk not to talk about my brother's stuff. But, you know, I can say this. I just had it. I was just telling the last podcast I had a, episode was um, Aaron Snyder. You know him? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just interviewed him a couple nights ago and um, I was telling him and he he think he agrees with me that hunting social media is freaking terrible for crowding. He still does it. But um, I've had. People tell me that they are just absolutely livid with meat eater because of what they've done to Sika deer hunting on the east coast. Um, and so that's like an area close to you, not that far away. You know, yeah, I,
1: I, yeah, I did a lot of crabbing down in uh, Delaware, and you know, I've, I've spent spent time down there, and I didn't even know about Sika deer until I saw that episode. I just think it's like man it's just so rude
0: to other hunters to i just think it's terribly rude
1: terribly so, so, rude so so uh, this is what i wanted to touch on with that okay i i somewhat agree to you agree with you no I, I think i agree with you on that point but i think i think when you talk about i think you said you've said multiple times man if i had money i'd a piece of property and i'd let other people hunt on it and stuff like that and man if that's the truth god bless you but this is what i have to say about that because i've seen what people do on property that isn't theirs okay a couple years ago i want to say four years ago a guy from outdoor magazine writes an article about the best swimming hole in America and mentions a swimming hole that me and guys that went to and guys and girls that went to my high school were the only ones that knew about. And he stumbled upon it and he put it in out outdoor magazine. Two and a half hours from the city, most beautiful place, best water, this and that, and the other thing. Now, when I was a ki- kid until I was in my 30s, no, until I was in my 40s, you maybe would see two or three people there from out of town, but very rarely. It was off the beaten path. Once in a while, you would see s- somebody there. Matt, there was a 1,000 people at the swimming hole with lawn chairs, garbage in the water, all from New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Just in- just infested the place to the point where the DEC, which is Department of Environmental Conservation in New York, the DEP, Environment, Environmental Protection, and the state troopers were there. The Forestry Service was there trying to get people to behave, not to fist fight, not to throw garbage in the water. And I'm talking in the middle of nowhere. Mm. This sort of is right. Mm hmm. So I see the damage that social media media can do on a place when a a spot is blown up.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And this isn't even really my, it's not even my primary concern. My concern, my, my concern is like you were saying a little, a several moments minutes ago now about how, like, why do they promote specific specific spots where they should just shut up about this or that? I, I, I'm i one layer kind of where my main concern is one layer above that, like in the hierarchy where it's why promote it all. Why, well, it's really why instill an itch in people that they're not going to be able to scratch. So instead of, instead of, um, Causing crowding by telling people how to do it, how to apply for a tag, taking all the obstacles, all the unknowns out for them. Instead, I I'd say I'm more focused in trying to reduce interest in hunting because I think the biggest obstacles are inability to draw tags, crowding, leasing. Um, There's, I just, I I think there's, uh, there's just not, there's, there's way more desire for hunting than there is more, more demand than, than supply way more demand than supply. So I think the least painful way to bring demand into accord with supply is just to not have content that that uh, inspires people to hunt. That's
1: that's that's a rough. It's a rough stance to take when you're a hunter because it's almost like when when I. So I I commute to New York City, okay? Mm-hmm. Not every day, but you know, often. Um, and I, I work on big construction projects as a project manager, and so I I'm dealing with traffic and people that are like Matt, disconnected from reality. Like there's it's dog eat dog and concrete and steel there's no nature there's no wow look at that beautiful sunset look at that beautiful sunrise none of that stuff right and so when i'm traveling back and forth to to work the times that like i was i was i said to my friend this this past hunting season and just so you know you're probably gonna smile for this. I haven't posted any of my successful hunts on social media since I started listening to your podcast. Ooh, I got a convert. <laughs> I, I'm just trying I'm just trying really hard to not do it because I think like I love the fact that you say like, I think it's a little idealistic to say that everybody that does it is doing it for a certain reason or whatever. But I, I I love the fact that you say, like, it's pure and it's personal and we should, you know, share it with friends and family or people that we know. Um, And again, I'm a hypocrite because I want to see what Spencer Newhart shot. In Nebraska or South Dakota or something like that, or I want to see. I'd like to see if you shot a deer and that that kind of stuff. Even if I don't know you, because those images, you know, I was I was out. um I, Well, I was in Montana and I saw the sun coming up over the crazies, and I thought to myself, "Wow, how be- there's nothing more beautiful than that." And I looked at my friend. I, was, I got choked up, and I said to him. I said, see that right there? I said, when I'm crossing the George Washington Bridge and people are trying to cut me off, and it says 45 minutes to go a quarter mile, that's what I'm gonna be thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna keep me from getting road rage. That's what's gonna keep me centered and focused on being a good human. That that sunrise right there. That's you know? Cool. Yeah. So it's it's kind of. I, I kind of feel like when if I say, man, I don't want anybody else seeing it because I want it for myself. I want to, and I know you've touched on this, but I want to be out there, and I want I don't want to see other people. I kind of feel selfish saying it because I'm thinking to myself, like, who, like, what, what makes me so special that I'm allowed to enjoy that, but I can't allow other people to. Enjoy. Well, I I'm not I'm
0: not for. For, for forbidding anybody from doing anything.
1: No, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, like, if there wasn't somebody showing you that to the average guy where I live, you'd never even know that that was out there. Right. But then you show them, and then it
0: becomes your swim hole with a thousand people shitting all over the place. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. Um, That's why I said I'm in a conundrum. I'm. I'm like in a... Catch twenty. I'm living in a catch twenty-two. I feel selfish, but blessed at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, tough spot. I, I don't know. I like it's I just, like, I just feel like when it comes to yeah. when it comes to killing animals for food, I just think it shouldn't. Doesn't have any. It just doesn't have any place on. TVs and computer screens. I don't think that that like to me. That's like that's just so much of a no brainer to me that I'm not. I'm not. I don't have anguish about it. Like so, I just don't see where 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 we where we need to like where using dead and dying wildlife as a source of entertainment. I I just don't see where it provides any value. I see it provides all yeah. kinds of problems. It causes people
1: of means to lease up land so they can emulate their favorite hunting celebrity. This is where, and, and I a hundred percent agree with you because there's there's, like I said, in the beginning of, of when we started talking, there's so many people that are standing there with a buck and they got, you know, they're holding the buck and they got their sick on and they're making sure that they got the right, angle and all this stuff and du diy and all this other crap that they're putting on there and the reality of it is it's an all it all of it's a lie right like what they're doing or even if it's not even if it's not right it's like it's like oh look at me you know bragging but then but then my mind goes to you know like what if i didn't have what if I I never saw those pictures of my grandfather with his tailgate down with ducks across the back of it or my uncle if if I never saw those pictures of my uncle with a buck hanging and he's holding it like this like what's the difference between me taking a picture and saying hey Matt's my buddy I want to show him that and then showing it to a bunch of people that take interest in it the only difference to me is that it's impersonal when it gets to the point of showing millions of people that aren't really acquainted with you personally, right? There, it, It's kind of like, at that point, it's semantics. So you're either going to show pictures to people or you're not going to show pictures. I know people that shoot bu- big bucks, giant bucks. You would never even know they were a hunter. The only reason I do is because I've eaten venison at their house. They don't have bucks on their wall. They don't have horns. They have, there was a guy who shot a monster buck where I, where I'm from, a monster buck like that should have been in the record books. And he said, I'm cutting the horns off and sticking it in a basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's putting it in his garage. You know, where anybody else, you and me. Would be mounting that thing and putting it on the wall and saying, "I'll never get a bigger buck than that in my entire life." Right? And well, this guy—I
0: don't know. No matter how what I shoot, it just goes out in my barn.
1: Yeah, but but and I just skull cap
0: yeah. and put it in my barn. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah. But my it. point is, like you know, he he cuts the horns off of the skull cap and throws it in a basket. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't get it in it the corner. Yeah. You would never even know he was a hunter. Well, so I want
0: to go back to this part where. He, he, I was getting you don't see a difference between the. No, it's not that I don't see. Of showing a lot, a lot, a
1: lot of people, you're what you harvest in a few. No, no, that it's not that I don't see the difference. It's where do you, it's it's almost like where do you draw the line and what's the difference between it to most people, right?
0: In the same age. There's this huge difference because if you're yeah. somebody that's showing a whole bunch of people you probably have a bunch of hashtags underneath it and you're trying to sell gear and i just think that that's what if you don't then there's you you who knows what your motivations are who know like you could be trying to get sponsors you could be trying to get a show i'm not concerned that you're hunting for the hot for hide horns meat and uh personal enjoyment at that at, at that point in time because you've opened up a whole bunch of other possibilities for reasons why you might be hunting. You could be hunting for fame and money. And like, I just think the hunting opportunity is extremely precious. And I'm just trying to, if there's enough other people that thinks that it's a extremely precious, um, and B that it should be reserved for people that do it for hidehorns, horns, meat and personal satisfaction, then trying to get people to stop looking at, that stuff.
1: Um, I'm just trying to, I I think I'm trying to navigate through being, being the God, being the person, because I agree with you a lot and you're, and you're very convincing with your, with your conversation and argument on this. I'm trying to not be the person that when they were painting cave paintings about shooting a big buffalo i'm the guy sitting in the corner saying don't paint that on the wall i don't want anybody to know about it oh i i i don't
0: suspect that i don't know i I have a hard time imagining that there was anybody doing that you know there was probably plenty to go around back then but like if if hunting opportunity was (laughs) limitless i would be like go hunt for whatever reason you want i don't care it's only because i think it's Precious that it should be reserved for people that are doing it for the for the tradition. I think it's all. I think it's always been precious. You're taking a life. I meant that the when I say precious, I mean that the that the demand far outstrips the supply. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not arguing against your points as much as I'm just arguing in my brain. Like, who like. When it when is my opinion? When does my opinion not matter? Um, help me with that. Elaborate. So so like if I, how am I the judge of what your motives are? Well, I I mean I think we can I think we can look at some social media and be like, oh, that guy's a goofball, right? There's to there's, me I, I I just think. I, Motives aside, I right. think that the things that I
0: care about in the hunting world would be all, categorically better if it wasn't for hunting TV and hunting social media. I don't even have to ascribe motives. Like, no doubt. So I, I'm I, like, damn, like, so why not? Why do you really like hunting entertainment and culture, or do you like hunting? Because if you really are in it for the hunting, then you're not doing yourself any favors
1: by engaging in the rest of it right and that's 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 probably where i'm on the fence because i'm like i do love the hunting entertainment because it's my escape but i don't love the hunting entertainment if it were to inflict boundaries on my hunting right like if i was experiencing but it, but it what does i think
0: you don't well don't you think you would have more opportunity in Montana if it wasn't for hunting social media
1: and hunting TV. Yes. that And that's where I'm, that's where I'm conflicted because a hundred percent. If Randy Newberg zipped his lip and never talked again about how great Montana was, he's saying how great antelope hunting is. And then all of a sudden people are telling me that never, ever even thought about antelope hunting. Yeah. I'm thinking about going out to Montana and antelope hunting. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's people that I know in Montana that call them ditch donkeys that say they're not good to eat. I'd never hunt them. Why are you even bothering coming out here and I'm like, "Oh, this is sweet." Mm-hmm. Because they're beautiful animals. They're I'm not going to get into it cuz I don't want to promote it either. And this guy's going on national TV show, showing and on YouTube showing how to get your tag. And then as far as like the selfish part,
0: you're like, "Oh, yeah, but if I don't share it then I say, don't share it. Then I'm selfish. Yeah. Well, these are these people, the people that this the hunting celebrities. They go to great lengths to not have to share. They fly to remote filming locations. They hunt their friends and fans' private places. They uh, put in for special draws all over the country. So, you know, they don't. They don't like they don't like crowding, they don't like being around any you know it's like the people that are making it crowded don't want to be around the crowding, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's 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 like super super complicated for me because the other part about I, I know, it
0: I wish I could understand how.
1: I mean, I, there's so many things I don't that, know because I'm the type of guy that if if I have a fishing hole and I find and I'm and I'm catching, you know, 16, 17 inch brook trout. I tell people about it. You tell people about the hole? Yeah, I say, hey Matt, come, I want you to come fish it with me. Oh. You know? And I expect that you say, No, I'm not going in there unless uh Andy invites me, right? But yeah. I know, I know that the that people in general right now, if I were to put it on the internet, exactly where I'm hunting and exactly what I'm doing and everything else like that, next year, the trailheads will be full. Absolutely. I know, I know there's going to be people that listen to this podcast or stumble into this podcast that are going to be up there hunting next year. I know that. And it's, and it's kind of like, that's where I'm conflicted because I'm not I'm not a jealous person and I'm not a selfish person. So inherently I I'm like, well, listen, man, if I got joy out of it and I had opportunity in, you know, you know, experiencing it, I think anybody that that should, but then the other part of me is like, man, I know they're gonna go in there, they're gonna be tr- throwing cans on the f- on the ground and they're gonna be dropping garbage and they're gonna be, you know, like. Out by you, like, I know there's people from here that if they watch Randy Newberg, they're going to go out there. They're going to rut up some rancher's road, which draws me back to your point about, oh, if I had property, I would let people on it. There's people that don't respect anybody's property. Yeah. The vast majority of humanity right now doesn't respect anybody. Oh, but man, you're, you're pretty cynical on that. Well, I, I I know it. I know oh, it. I man. see it every single day. I you know I, I I what do you mean you see it every single day? Driving into New York City and people are throwing cans out the window or throwing garbage out the window, and the sides of the road are covered in garbage, and there's garbage all over the streets, and people are fighting and arguing and you know getting in in altercations for the littlest things like you don't even realize that when i go to montana i was in Miles city i might as well be in 1880 in some cowboy town and you're saying yeah it's getting a little bit crowded over here (laughs) you know like the difference like it's like for me like going out west is like is like somebody gave me oxygen you know well but like
0: don't you? Th- there's, there's part of that's changing. That's changing. It's I changing. Like, but I like, still, I like. I'm a hunter. I like to lead stuff. You know, I like to sh- like the if it's running, I like to lead it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just because something's good, does that mean like? I like. Oh, it's good. So, <laughs> you know, like, no, I, I see where it's gone yeah. in a lot of places. A lot of states in the Midwest where, like, Iowa were good luck. Good freaking luck. You yeah. Know? Um, and many, many other states. And, like, just because you could still have a decent experience in Montana on public land once in a while, if you're lucky, like, does that mean that we just promote the shit
1: out of it until you can't? No. No, that yeah, you, I see your point. Uh I mean I just watched the trends like yeah.
0: I I had two.
1: It's almost first- like you're trying to get ahead of the curve and where I'm at is like the curve already came and went and I'm thinking like at some point all these goofballs that that are saying, you know, they're hunters and they're outdoorsmen and you know, I'm part of the outdoor lifestyle, it's going to come and go. And it's going to be and you're going to be back to only the real people that really love the outdoors and really want to hunt are going to be there. I mean, I think personally, I think that where you live, not really in Miles City, but in the state of Montana, you're experiencing the perfect storm with with hunting and fishing, because I think that there's all these people from new york new jersey and the whole new northeast even pennsylvania that are like i'm not i'm not gonna put up with this nonsense anymore living in a place where you know like i'm in montana and we're archery hunting and my buddy says he's got two he's got a 45 and a and a Ten millimeter in his in his console, and he says, "Listen, when we go, when we get to this place, there's going to be cats and stuff like that. If you want to take the forty-five, you're you're more than welcome." And I go, "No, I can't even touch that thing." And he says, "What are you talking about?" I said, "That's your gun, right? It's registered to you." He says, "Yeah." He says, "But you can strap it on, you know, take it with you just in case, you know." And I go, "No, I'm not even touching it." He goes, "Why?" He says, "I said in New York State, if you have a pistol." and a pistol permit, and I hand the the pistol to somebody else who is not a registered pistol uh, owner, he goes to, he goes, and the cops show up, he goes to jail for three years, and the guy who had the pistol goes to jail, and he loses his privileges to own any pistols. That's pretty draconian for sure. Right? If right now they just passed a law, if I have a, uh, a rifle, semi-automatic rifle. So a D- I have a a Browning BAR, right? Three oh eight. If I have that in my pickup truck, and I leave it unattended, it has to be in a locked gun case. Even though the truck's locked, it has to be in a locked gun case. If not, I get fined and and I do jail time, right? Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, people like it doesn't matter to me. I just I just Go with the laws, and you know it's it's fine because I'm. It doesn't really matter to me, but but other people they're like I'm not I'm not dealing with this. I can't buy ammo. I have to go through a background check. This, then the other thing. I can go to Montana as a non-resident, walk into Shedhorn and in Ennis, and buy a pistol over the counter and walk out with it. Yeah, but Why? the thing
0: is, you I'm not. I'm. I'm not a. I haven't embarked on this hunting advocacy journey of mine because of anecdotes in Montana. I've been hunting for forty years. The first half of my hunting life, more than a little less than half now, was in Michigan. The second half wasn't was in Montana. I um, have never had a period where in my life ever where hunting got better, access has always gotten worse. Crowding has always gotten worse over my entire life. Now I'm like, I've got the eye of Sauron because of this podcast. I get to see, talk to people from all over the country. I bet if I'd be willing to bet that if, that if you had a survey and you said, it was like hunting over my life has, Stayed the same, improved, or declined. That if you stratified it, let's say, okay, public land, public land hunting, publicly accessible, non pay hunting, that it'd be 90% of people would say that it's gone, that it's declined.
1: So how I knew you were going to say that, but how many people would say that it's declined because they're lazy and they look at and they look at social media and hunting TV, thinking that should be easier, as opposed to that it's really gotten worse.
0: Oh, and, I'd say like, and, there's so many places that I used to hunt through black and, management and, that are now leased out. Well, I mean, so like, in, like in your case, guys that the guys that I grew up with in this town. They yeah. grew up in this town. They used to be able to
1: hunt all this surrounding ranch land. Now it's all outfitted and well, nice. yeah. Now, as as far as your case, what I was, what the point I was trying to make, and I, I just get a little long winded sometimes is how many people, because of all these social economic factors around the country, have said I'm out of here, and they've moved to Montana, Wyoming. Colorado, Idaho. I can and accept I that it. premise
0: and still, but that only reinforces my point. That that makes me say it's already getting worse due to this diaspora to the west. If we ever so if stop there was ever so stop a promoting time where we didn't yeah. need hunting promotion, it is now. It doesn't right. detract from the argument; it reinforces it in my view. In your state, in 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 any. Pl- Well, in all states, except New York, apparently.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I just think think that there's a lot of places and I I may be I may be very optimistic. You know, I'm, I'm 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 humble enough to understand that my point, my viewpoint is 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 not absolute. And I and I may be just thinking ridiculously, but I think there's just so much there's. People have changed in 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 my lifetime, people have changed to be so focused on instant gratification that I think that there's so many hunters, even hunters that I'm associated with, that are like, oh, this is horrible. There's no deer out here. There's no game. I didn't get anything. And you're like, what are you talking about? The sign is here. There's animals here. You just don't have the gumption to get out there and get after it. Like, it's your fault. It's not anybody else's fault that you didn't get anything. So maybe that's what everybody in the entire hunting sphere
0: thinks. You know, and I'm just a guy, the one person that thinks
1: something different. No, I don't think I don't think that. I think there's there's enough evidence in your podcast that there's a lot of people that are experiencing what you're experiencing. I think there's those places like down south and um in and in the west that that are experiencing influx of people. It's almost like a perfect storm. Influx of people, uh social media, the outdoor television and the the attitude that you have to get it right away that is just just blowing your place up. But I have I ha, I'm optimistic in the fact that I think and and I could be totally wrong Matt, but I really think that like at some point the bubble's gonna burst. You think and people are fad. gonna be like
0: you think that hunting's having I think bubble. it's a
1: total fed. There's people listen I love my nephew and I love love his buddies. But they buy Sitka and then QU comes out with something and they buy QU and then they, then First Light comes out with a new thing and then they buy that and get rid of all their other stuff. And, and I can see the appeal to it because it's like that's what marketing does. I mean, you've made the point oh, a million times that, you know, marketing works in hunting. You know, to say that it doesn't is, is, is a total lie. I mean, you, your brother could get on his podcast and say, you know, you got to go buy a certain type of shoelaces, and a hundred million people are going to buy it, you know, because he said so. Mm-hmm. And whether those shoelaces are good or not, it doesn't really matter. They're going to go out and buy them. Right. So and they're, I just they're, like
0: and that. That's, I just don't like the act of being a hunting person. And, and I'm like, I'm like, we, we that i just can't imagine going through and i'm not talking about i'm talking about all hunting celebrities like i just can't imagine being like i'm gonna earn, like being somebody that because i killed some stuff and put it on the tv and the computer people buy what i want them to buy (laughs) what i tell them to buy i just don't think that's a i don't think that's just it's just not a reason to idolize someone yeah because they shot a bunch of stuff and put it on the computer Right. Oh, they shot a bunch of stuff, put it on the computer. So they must know what shoelaces are best. Right.
1: But don't, I don't, I don't
0: know. I just think it's like, do you see,
1: do you see the appeal though of people that actually tell the real story? I mean, did you ever have when you were growing up like a book like Aldo Leopold? Mm -hmm. Like you read San County Almanac, don't you? Don't you like, aren't you in that book and saying to yourself, man, I wish I was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that that's, I mean, there's got to be hunting stories in some way. It's got to be, it should have just been, it should have been just way more calibrated. It shouldn't have been. It should have been, shouldn't have been so commercialized. It should have been way more, uh, way attenuated and it, 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 and it should have been that the people that uh, tell the stories and attract people to hunting k- gave a shit about access, but they don't. They don't. They may have had a lot of hunting celebrities just buy up chunks of land for themselves and hunting companies. Mm. You know, they take the money you give them for clothes and make it so that you don't have anywhere to wear them.
1: <laughs> it's true. I, I listen. You make you make such strong arguments. I I can't argue with you. Uh, you know against you on it. But at the same time, I think to myself, like I go back to that story about that swimming hole. Like it's almost like how can you fault the landowner for leasing his land when you know as well as I do that. If if we were two out of ten hunters, the other eight are gonna go on somebody's land and trash it.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that that's the that's the that's why I think hunting's dying and is going to be dead. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm I'm trying to say, what would it take to save this thing that's I think is gonna be dead, D- high quality, publicly accessible non-pay hunting i i am doing other things as well I, i'm involved with this group i'm a founding member of this little group called uh montana hunters for access and we are having a fundraiser odium brewing here in mile city 6 p.m on january 20th we're going to be raising money to buy gifts that we give to landowners that are enrolled in that are enrolled in the block management program uh, to I donate thank them. To it? What's it? Oh yeah, I would love that. How do
1: um, I do? It? Um, like if somebody was listening to this podcast, they just wanted to donate. How do they do it?
0: Yeah, I guess I'd have to set up some kind of crowd for. You guess you could just send me a check.
1: Yeah, you should set up a uh, GoFundMe or something like that, where we where we send money to you.
0: That that's not a bad idea. I don't know why that ever hasn't dawned on me. Um, I just yeah so. Um. That's a good point. That's something I should explore. I mean, because uh, but-
1: out here, like I my buddy, my buddy got permission to hunt someplace, right? Mm-hmm. And we hunted there. And I said to him, listen, go. Go to the guy and ask him what he, you know, if he if there's anything he likes or if there's any help we can give him to help him on his place. Yeah, that's it's going to take. Stuff and he, like says, that. he says, oh, you know, I, I don't know. He, you know, he's a, got a t- caretaker and this and that. I said, then just send him a a gift basket and say thank you for letting us be here. Even though I never
0: even hunt block management without giving the people a gift, right. A guy no, called they're getting reimbursed. I still give them a gift.
1: A guy gave me permission, and I said, you drink whiskey? He says, yes. Yeah. I, I said, all right. and went out and bought him a bottle of bourbon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dropped it off. Oh, you don't have to do it. I know I don't have to do it, but the fact that you're allowing me to enjoy something that means a heck of a lot to me, that's the least I could do. Right. right. The absolute least I could do. So this no. is going the reason I'm
0: bringing this up, other than to promote it, and that it because I want to get I want I want to get the word out about this thing. Another thing we're doing with Montana Hunters for Access is we're getting people to volunteer to come out in the summer and do work projects on ranches for a weekend, here and there. Like when I say here and there, I'm not saying the same volunteers are going to come multiple times. I'm just saying we're going to organize. Two or three of these and like you know you like hunting block management you feel like it's under threat you want to support it well come out and spend the weekend putting up a stack yard or fix fixing fence or cleaning out uh nozzles on some pivots you know show some gratitude so uh, like i agree with you that i don't think it's is we don't we have a difference opinion about how bad that people the misbehavior, the lack of concern people have for other people's property. I don't think it's as egregious as you do, but that's what I'm trying to do to combat that. The inconvenience of allowing public hunting is trying to say, Hey, there's a lot of us out here that really are incredibly appreciative. You
1: know? Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a lot less, uh, blatant egregious in out there than it is here. Yeah. Like here, I'm, I'm telling you, man. And, and I, and I've lived here my whole life, but people, people just don't care. They just don't care. They, they will come on your property. They'll trespass. They'll litter. They'll abuse the land. So when I, when I hear you say in your pot, in the podcast, man, if I had money and I had, I let people on and I think more people should do that man i I that's awesome, but m- my outlook on humanity and how they would respond to that is you know the Galton River when all the kids are out there with their tubes, you know, thousands of kids just throwing cans in the in the river, floating up and down, you know, getting drunk, you know. Are you kidding me? That's one of the most beautiful rivers in the whole wide world. And you're going to throw cans in the river and you got to have extra people there to police you from doing stupid stuff. Oh yeah. I
0: know it's it's not easy. You know what I mean? Major inconvenience, but I just think to, to whom much is given much is required. I just couldn't imagine saying if I was had a huge chunk of land that I owned, saying no, 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 we're all born on this little speck, this little speck in the cosmos, and no, but no, and you don't get to see this part of the speck. That's for me to see. You don't get to see that. You don't get to experience that. It's too inconvenient. You might. How many? It. I just couldn't do it. How, I how many? How, how
1: many times would would you have to be? uh, crap done before you would say no i don't want anybody on this land unless i I, unless i
0: I'd never get to that i just can't no i would manage it i would manage it well how do you manage it though i would say here's the sign up box you know i take the first 10 i'd have it i'd have it yeah i'd have i'd have block management. i'd have montana fish even parks
1: i love listen and, and i i think if in those instances when that works I think that system out there is amazing because we don't have that here. It's state land, private land, that's it. If you don't have permission on private land, you're on state land. Mm-hmm. And if you're on state land, it's first come, first serve. And if you don't want to work for it, you're out, right? So so everything that the West is about, I mean, you got block management. you got National Forest. You have, what are the other ones? BLM, right? You have- BLM, state. Yeah. state. You have all these all these opportunities out there that, again, I shouldn't be talking about it because it's just going to, you know, somebody's ears are going to perk up and say, oh, I didn't know they had that. But you have all those opportunities out there. Here, we don't even have that. Here, yeah. we don't have any of that. You go up to somebody and you're like, hey, can I hunt your land? They're like, do what? Then- I'm like, It doesn't sound like there's a need for more access there. It sounds like you have plenty. Not for me. And I know that there's probably a thousand people that if they listen to this podcast, hunters that would say that I'm, you know, full of crap. But, but the reality of it is those people, in my opinion, are not real hunters that don't really want to hunt. If they're saying that there's not land in this state. Or in the Northeast to hunt, then they don't really—they're not real hunters, and they—they don't want to hunt. Somebody who can read sign and who can go into the woods can can has more opportunity now than ever, in my opinion. In New York. In New York. More and, I, and, and I'm more, sick more, more than than even saying it because now more than David Crockett and, da- and Daniel Boone. Time. No, not more than that, but more than more than in the last 15 years. Okay. I mean, 15, 20 years. I You're mean, there's are saying
0: because the number of hunters is declined. There's
1: just, I mean, there's, I, I looked up. So in, I looked up for New York state, there's 34 million acres, 4.5 million acres of public land in New York state. State of Montana has twenty six million acres of public land. Mm-hmm. Okay, in New York State, we have nineteen million residents. Now, granted, a, the vast majority live in New York City, but I hunt with a lot of. I've hunted with a lot of guys that came up from downstate and for the weekend opening day stuff like that and they they have camps up here and they in the past and 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 hunted but they lived in places like Brooklyn or you know Queens or Manhattan right in the state of Montana you have 253,000 licensed residents in the state of New York we have 700,000 residents resident hunters resident hunters sorry about that 700 you have 253 resident hunters we have 50,000 non-residents you have 59,000 resident non-resident hunters you have 26 million acres of public land and we only have 4.5 or 26 million we only have 4.5 you have six times over six times the amount of public land that we do
0: Oh yeah, there's a, the, uh, okay, first I don't, a w- couple things. First of all, 10 acres is enough in the Midwest to have a great hunting experience. I know people that own 10 acres, that that's the only place they ever hunt. When you're hunting white-tailed deer in the Midwest, like two, three sections out here isn't even enough to get started. So there's that. Right. Then also I, I'm not, I'm wondering what you're. Are you trying to say that crowding isn't an issue?
1: I'm saying that crowding isn't an issue. I'm saying crowding isn't an issue in most of the eastern states as bad as it is in your area. Because in your area, right, even though you have tons of public land, you have an influx of people that's unprecedented. I mean, you have—you've never seen so many people moving in, have you? No, 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 no. But it's, right. been, it's so been, you haven't.
0: I mean, there's been people. It, it, there's the state has been growing population wise since I moved here.
1: How long you been there? Fifteen years since
0: '97, and even when I moved here in '97, people were saying it wasn't. It's not like the good old days,
1: right? So there's this huge influx of people coming into the state. For me, it's like there's always been a ton of people here, right? Every mm-hmm. time there's a social or economic issue, 9-11, people moved upstate. Pandemic people, uh, before that, it's Hurricane Sandy, people moved upstate. Hurricane Katrina, people moved upstate. You know, just like it's one thing after another just pushes people out of that city, which is overcrowded to begin with. And so for me, it's almost like, When I hear you, your conversation, personal, you know, experience, I think to myself, like, I've been dealing with that my whole life. And in Montana, it's almost like for me, because I've been going out there since 2013, it's almost like, you know, regular it's and hunting. It's almost like it's an it's it's a new thing out there. Right. You don't have the historical perspective right so so that's why i have that kind of like optimistic view that at some point it's going to turn the bubble's going to burst for you and you're going to be like okay so all these goofballs that said that they were, they were hunters and outdoorsmen and everything like that they're really just putting on a, their pa- patagonia and walking to the m and then the other people you know who are real diehard hunters they're going to be back in the wilderness and they're going to have elk back, which the other thing is I I have to bring this up. I know it's not something that you talk about, but the wolf situation in Montana has got to be adding to the frustration of people on public land because those animals are, it's like dropping a piranha in a fish tank. It's pushing all the elk out of the mountains down on the private land anyway. So it's like compounding you're already the problem you're already experiencing. yeah, you know and your your brother's like oh uh, you know if you don't like uh wolves then you won't want to go to Alaska. It's a totally different thing. Alaska never lost wolves, so they were up there and the animals know what's going on. Here, there was no wolves for how long? And then all of a sudden, they're back. You're going to experience a problem for, I don't know, how long it's going to be. I'm not saying get rid of wolves. I'm just saying you're going to experience a problem. There's going to be frustration in people that have gone places and seen, you know, hundreds of elk. And then all of a sudden, they're not seeing any. You can't say, oh, they're, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, that's got to be a factor that you, that, that. Is adding to your frustration. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't feel, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't even feel frustrated.
0: I'm just, I just kind of came to a point in my life where I'm like, this has been a thing that I've done my whole life. I have some strong opinions about it. I'm going to voice my opinions. My opinions are, you know, it's going away like the kind of hunting I care about, I don't think is going to be around two generations from now. I'm going to say what I'm going to put out there. You know, hunting has been very good to me. It's captivated my imagination my whole life. I'm going to say what I'm going to say what I think it would take to save it. I'm going to say publicly that it's in peril, unlike everybody else.
1: And bring it to everybody's attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not frustrated. It's not like I
1: Well, you got to be a little this, frustrated if you go this. to a you got to be a little frustrated if you go to a trailhead that you saw two trucks in for the last 10 years and now there's 25. I'd be frustrated.
0: That that is not why I started this podcast though. It's not even part of it. No, no. I mean, it's. It, I, I. It's not because of personal frustration. It's oh. just. It's more that. Um. I see, the threats to hunting. I think they're different than what we're told by the hunting industry and the hunting celebrities. I just think it's that they're focused on the wrong threats because they, they contribute to the real threats. They're a prime, they're a chief cause of the primary threats. So I just was like, yeah, I'm going to say what I think, you know, maybe nobody will listen, but I'm going to say what I think the real threats are. And so that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this to protect my own hunting. I've had a great,
1: I've had a great experience as a, as an honor, and, and and you've said that many people have like put put that out there that that's why you're doing it right. They're calling you selfish, and that's and the other thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is you know that's defensive on their part because they're probably sitting there. You know, I I mean, listen. You, if we if we, this wasn't about hunting and you just wanted to talk social media I hate social media you know people they're putting themselves on an island and they take a picture and meanwhile they're sitting in some on some beach in Florida you know what I mean it's like social media is ridiculous it just it, but it's it just it's it's it's, it's we our pastime yeah right right and and, and has and distorted it and manipulated people and and perverted it it's it's extremely maddening to think that that it got to that, that point but
0: there's only there's can, like, there can I'm only be hold back a handful, there can only be a handful of domains where it's more damaging right um body issues and in, in women I guess would probably be a place where it has,
1: has, it has a major, look at negative. this, look at suicide rate. Right. In America. I mean, it's crazy. And, and that's not just, that's not just what we're talking about or it's across the board, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, if, if I could turn back times to get rid of social media, I mean, there's a, there's an awesome Netflix uh, thing that, it's called The Social Dilemma and it's yeah, all about yeah, yeah. I've seen I mean great great movie. All you got to do is watch that and it's like convincing. But as far as like what we're talking about like the thing that I'm so conflicted about in the topic that you bring up is just like at what point at what point do I say hey we shouldn't be telling the story because in in a good manner because of the impact it had on me you know i think about like all the paths I've, i've i could have taken as far as like you know a hobby and yet this one gives me so much gratification in so many ways like when i tell you i'm i'm like in an argument with a guy on a construction site about something, and I know is a hundred percent right, but they're just trying to get one over on me because they're trying to to save money, and I'm so frustrated because I know that we're gonna be in trouble because of the situation. And anybody else would pick the guy up and throw him out the window, and I just think about that sunrise coming up over the crazies, and I'm like. Yeah, but who who's trying to deny you the sunrise coming over to the, cri- over the No, cri- no, not. I'm nobody, saying dead nobody's, and dying. Nobody's, animals. Den- nobody's denying me, but if if somebody didn't tell me it was out there. I fine, but like
0: I I don't that, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with using dead and dying animals.
1: You have a problem with, uh, with dead okay. and dying animals to promote commercial commercialism i think i just
0: i for i mean i've said it so many times it's like nauseating but yeah, yeah. i just I, i'm all i'm all for the sunrise i'm starting i'm starting uh hunt quietly i'm not actually heading it up an ally of mine is oh hunt yeah
1: where we get moving
0: oh hey nice yeah uh, there hunt, it is he, he uh andy is sporting a hunt stream. <laughs> um so i we're starting a, a A hunt quietly instagram you know you're gonna see pictures of beautiful sunrises and sunsets and probably light llamas and packing and stuff like that i have no problem with that you know
1: yeah i just i love have you ever watched the western hunter or anything like that uh i've never been
0: maybe i don't i don't know i've never been captivated by, by hunting media let me ask you a couple questions yeah, go do you, ahead. Do you are you saying you wouldn't be into hunting
1: if it wasn't for hunting media? I don't know. Okay. Would you, you need- know, like I I didn't have a strong, like you had your father and your brothers, right? I have two sisters and a father that didn't hunt until hunt or fish until I was in my mid-20s. You know, I was 25 or 26 before he really even got interested in it. So And my uncles were, well, long story, but my one uncle was in a bass tournament and drowned. And my other uncle was lived in a different town close to me. So when I was a little kid, my two uncles, like, you know, opening day of trout season, opening day of deer season, they were and they were always hunting and fishing, and I was looking at pictures and you know, that kind of stuff. My grandfather was a big hunter and stuff like that. But when I was when I got to be like the impress impressionable age, I don't I don't I don't know if I would have continued it if it wasn't for seeing, you know, those images on TV. I don't know. Cause I, you know, at that point I was I don't know. I really don't know. I don't want to say yes or no because I could have anyway. I don't want to be, I'm not trying to prove a point or something like that. So I'm not going to push it that way, but I don't really know. But Mm -hmm. I I know what an impact it had on me, especially hunting out west. Like I had no idea what it was like out there. We had traveled when I was six years old. My dad took us on a trip all the way driving all the way out to Oregon down. Route 1 all the way to Los Angeles, and then all the way back on six, on uh, 66 through Flagstaff and all the way back to, to New York. I experienced the Grand Canyon and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't about hunting. It wasn't about fishing. And then, you know, like growing up, I, I didn't have the influence to say, hey, listen, next year uh, in October, we're going out or in September, we're going out archery elk hunting. I know there's people that here that did that, but that wasn't my experience, you know? And so I think to myself, like, if if I didn't have that, Jim Zumbo, who, you know, he got canceled, but Jim Zumbo, if he didn't have those pictures, if I didn't have those, those VHS videotapes where me and my buddy would watch him on a Friday night of him hunting in Montana or as goofy as he is, Jackie Bushman hunting, uh, you know, whitetails in the Milk River. I don't think I would have that even an inkling to go out there. You know, and so when I talk about sunrises and that kind of stuff, I have all that here. But to experience that in some other location that is so spectacular, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have been driven to try to experience that if it hadn't been for, for hunting media. Mm -hmm. That's why when I look at the ones that are very, in my opinion, are very well put together and very, um, the, the narration and the, you know, the, the storytelling and the cinematography is, is put together in a respectful, beautiful way much like a nature program, I think to myself, why would I want to say that we shouldn't have that?
0: Oh, I I don't know. For me, that's easy. It's because it causes leasing and crowding right. and inability to draw tags. It's advertising for people that want to lease out their land, you know, and then you end up with some a small number of well-off people that have all the access as a consequence of it.
1: Right so so you you stated it and so that, that's why I think there's that's where the conversation between me and you gets interesting because I don't experience that those images are affecting me personally right if I'm in your if I'm living in mile city and I'm seeing the leasing happening and I'm or I'm in Wisconsin or I Iowa and I'm seeing the leasing happening around me then I'm saying, man, get rid of this hunting media. But where I'm at, it's not affecting me. Right? There's, just, there's there's
0: there's going to be yeah. half the people are, are it's right. are going to be there's here there go, yeah, incredibly rare. But then the, anybody that uh, that owns land is going to be like, eh. so this isn't my this isn't this isn't affecting me. Hunting media doesn't negative affect negatively affect me. Right. But you know, I just felt like there should be something for people that like like to hunt public land and 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 uh um are watching their their experience diminish.
1: I'll tell you the only time it does affect me Matt is when I go out there and I'm driving down a road that I've driven down before. You know, some county road. And there's three trucks ahead of me and my buddy, and they're all from Wisconsin. And I look at my buddy and he goes, that's stinking Randy Newberg. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or or we come around the corner and we're, and we park at a trailhead. And there's like three guys from Michigan. And I'm like, that Ranella, I can't believe he's got to like promote this or that, you know, Some other guy, there's, there's tags on, on a truck from Arkansas, you know, and you're like that clay, I can't believe he's got to run his mouth. How about how great the bear hunting is out here, you know? And so that's when it affects me when I'm out there and I see that, you know, at the same time, I've been places out there, like even recently where I'm like, I don't see anybody. And I'm like, nobody knows about this place and I'm not going to talk about it in fact my my friend i put a post up and i have i don't even know how many followers i have on instagram they're mostly friends and family but i put something up about a a specific location and he calls me up right away and he's like take that down immediately and i'm like why it was we were all there and he's like no delete it so i delete it like instantly and then he says you gotta you gotta keep that stuff off of there because you don't understand, like people wanna come out here and they wanna hunt those spots, and then you're gonna put that on there, and then somebody's gonna see it, and then the next thing you know, there's gonna be five or six people there, you know. He shot a hundred and uh, I think it was 187 inches, 187 inch mule deer in a spot. And all he said was to me, he said, here's the picture of the buck and like sent it to me, but didn't want me to talk to anybody about it. Didn't want to say anything about it because it's in a spot anybody could go. And there's a ton of deer there, you know, so I can see I can see the the issue with it when you're talking about hunting the West, especially in Montana. And especially, I mean, there's spots over there by you that. You know, you think to yourself, overnight, this place could be overrun. Oh, a know? lot of places already are. I mean, yeah, they already are. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a, we went into some bar right there in Miles City, and it was like, I looked at my dad and I said, I looked at him, I said, we could be in New Jersey right now. Like, it's like put together nice, it's like beautiful. And Miles City is not a big town, you know? I'm like, yeah this place is like you know it's brand new and this and that and the other thing bozeman forget about it bozeman's like you know condos everywhere and you know like housing developments everywhere and it's nothing like it was six years ago even sure yeah yeah and you hate to see any of those valleys turn into that but I, i i know for a fact that in you know 10 years you're going to go to Bozeman. It's going to look just like Denver. Oh yeah, yeah. you know,
0: yeah, for sure,
1: for, for sure. sure. And that and that's just the that's just the way it is. It's kind of a it's kind of a, like an interesting conversation though that you brought up because, you know, I I see many perspectives to it, but I can't. It, I and 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 anybody that's going to argue against you and say that what you're saying is not true or wrong. They're just trying to promote themselves or trying to promote something else. And and they're just arguing to argue because what you're saying and and, and what you brought up and brought to the table is 100% true in, in many locations. I just wanted to, to reach out to you, you know, really and tell you from my perspective, how I see it and how it is in my area. And I think the more I, I talk about it, the, the less I want to talk about it because I don't want people to come. To- <laughs> you didn't do yourself <laughs> any favors tonight. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, if you if you want to come here, you're welcome anytime. Well, oh, thank you. Um, thank you. But, if, yeah, I mean, it's If you it's end just, up
0: out here again, I'd be glad to take you.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely want to come out at least, you know, and shake your hand and, and help you any way I can because the – I definitely see the value in in you know protecting what we have. I mean, you, you you can't deny how much how beautiful what we have is, right? The things that we do enrich us in ways that you can't really even explain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make yeah. us the people that we are, make us compassionate in ways that you can't can't get any other way, so.
0: Yeah, but it's this weird thing where is if everybody did it, it'd be destroyed. And if, I don't know, if, even if twice as many people that currently do it, did it, it'd be destroyed. Yeah. I think, I mean.
1: I, listen, I, I, I don't want to say that you're wrong. I just, I just have such a hard time saying i don't want people to do it or experience it because i because of how much i love it and at the same time i don't want anybody to do it because of how much i love it <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right right Right? yeah
1: you know like when was the last time i had a really good meal at a restaurant and you didn't tell anybody
0: yeah yeah um yeah just i really struggle with the people, how little the people that are making there be more hunters do for access. That's just something I always come back to. Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm, I have a, I work in a totally unrelated area. Me too. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm doing more for access than well, some some of these guys, some of these companies like RealTree, they buy up all this land. Cabela's hunting properties take these working landscapes that the public used to hunt and turn subdivide them, turn them into little exclusive hunting properties. Uh, Weatherby bought a big ranch down by Sheridan, locking it up for themselves. And it, I'm sure there's many, many more. So, like the people that make there be more hunters are either do very little for access, or They are bad for access. And it's just a pretty easy thing for me to rail against.
1: Yeah. I was talking to somebody just, just when I was out there this last time and uh, he was asking us, you know, how we did and this, that, and the other thing. Anyway, he's a prominent guy there in Bozeman has a business. He's from Miles city. And he, Lives in Bozeman now, and he's looking to lease a place. You know, lease or buy a place. He said, so that he can, you know, have a, a hunting property for for himself and his kids and his friends and this and that and the other thing. And so I can see that, like, like you never wanted. He's to get a guy 40. that he got. He's a guy in the hunting industry. Now he is. I don't want to like he's a nice guy so I am not I don't want to like blow him nah, up. Are you but, talking about yeah. are you are you talking
0: about Eric Siegfried? Yeah. <laughs> you are uh he already owns ranches out here. Right. And he and and uh you know he I was just talking with him on another recent episode like he had this project landlocked where he was making videos where he would fly in to landlock land and, and kind of like show what's back there that we can't get to it. You know, the public yeah. can't get to it. And what a shame that is. And, uh, now he bought an outfitting company and he's <laughs> outfitting private or yeah, he's outfitting these private ranches that have landlocked land in them so i don't know that's just uh another example of the the hypo- the hypocrisy that exists in the in 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 the in the hunting industry
1: yeah you
0: know like i'm gonna i'm gonna take your money for my software and then buy up exclusive access for myself
1: yeah I mean the only other the only other argument to that is really like what we talked about like if you're a rancher and you get twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars for somebody to come on your place for a couple of weeks and you don't have to worry that they're gonna trash the place, is that better than putting it in into a public forum,
0: like putting it in block management, yeah. I think it's worse because I'm a I'm somebody that's trying to advocate for more hunting oppor- opportunity, non pay hunting opportunity. So well, for, I know within from my that, value system, it's harder. yeah, yeah. From that, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm like, yeah, it's the yeah. public's game, it's the state's game. I think that large landowners get plenty of compensation from the taxpayer, even without the block management a third of their income in the ag sector comes from subsidies.
1: Um, and so from that standpoint, like you made the point, I think it was, uh, three episodes ago, you said something about the, you were touching on that block management and how much money I didn't realize that block management gave that much to landowners.
0: Yeah. It's like, the cap is twenty five thousand a year, yeah. And they're, they're talking about double. They're talking about doubling the cap, doubling
1: it. So, so that kind of money to a landowner, who you know maybe they own four or five thousand acres. That's, oh, that's way more
0: than that. If they're getting twenty five, yeah. if they're getting twenty five thousand, they probably are, are. We're talking probably more like 30, 30 sections, thirty, 30
1: sections. So they own all that land, and they're getting that money and all they have to do is allow somebody in, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, the people that I, the, the people that I'm in contact with out here, you know, all I can think of is they're shooting cows and they're meaning like beef cows and they're wrecking fences and rutting up roads. Driving yeah, but Andy, up road- it's
0: like, I don't understand how we can, it's like, how can you uh, how could you be warm towards hunting promotion? And then also
1: no um, no, I'm I'm
0: only ta- I'm only talking people about people that lock up land.
1: It's like only- one of
0: those stances yeah, has know. to go.
1: I know I'm only ta- like
0: I'm for hunting promotion, you're right, I like hunting you're entertainment, right. and then also be. That, and I and I see where people wouldn't want to let people on. Well, because like, I'm only I'm only looking land at that grow on trees.
1: I'm only talking about that that you know block management versus leasing the land. I'm only talking about those two tiny. Things together, I'm not talking about the whole big picture. You're 100 right. You can't have you can't you can't talk about it without I, we're just going to you know, bo- we're just about to talk past it. each other. If yeah, if, if you're right.
0: if you're like I understand leasing, that seems like a like a why a landowner would do that. I see that, and I, and I also like hunting promotion. I mean, right at that point, because at like, some
1: point. I don't, right? Okay, at so some they, point, somebody's going to come with more money than you and they're going to get that piece of land and well, you're not going to get it. At that point, you, I, I think that in from the the way I look at it,
0: that is the same thing as I want hunting to die. I want publicly accessible hunting to die. To say I want more hunting promotion and I'm sympathetic towards it.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah
0: it it, but but that's the i mean that's the mainstream stance i mean none of the hunting celebrities come out against leasing they never they they don't they don't come come out against leasing and they promote the shit out of hunting it's the mainstream stance so there's a lot of people that are in in that camp you know i'm just not
1: no and that and that's why what you bring up and the information that you're putting out there and all that stuff is so interesting to me because it's like i can see i can see your arguments on all that stuff and i can see how valid they are and i guess i've never experienced it to the point where you've experienced it and so it's very interesting to me because the the whole thing about out west every bit of it every little nuance and every little you know situation that we've talked about is is absolutely on the opposite side of the spectrum than what I've ever experienced out here. yeah, you know it's just it's it's just not even nothing that you bring up do I even give a thought to until I get on that plane and fly out there mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, man, what's this guy doing here? And then I'm like, my license says I'm from New York. My driver's license says I'm from New York State.
0: Well, you got to be thinking about what I'm saying more and more as you get to come out here
1: less and less. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said in the beginning. Like, like because I, I, like I wasn't that, clear I like because you tag.
0: can't get a tag is what I mean. Yeah.
1: I'd like to take Randy Newberg out to dinner and say, man, that one episode that you made was awesome where blah, 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 right? At the same time, every time he says there's every episode that he said in On Your Own Adventures, there's X amount of leftover tags in Montana every year. I want to put my hand over his mouth and suffocate him because I'm like, don't bring it up again. There's just so many good things
0: that there's so many things that enriching things you could do other than watch hunting media. (laughs) You could you could be exercising. You could be reading a great work of literature. You know you you, can't argue that either. You know you could be building something. Um, So like, there's other ways to enrich yourself that don't destroy the thing you like. Yeah. You know. Yeah, go build a bow or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I All think, right. I think, I think this subject really, Matt, that we could talk about it forever and ever. But the re, the reality of it is that you know there's there's only so much public land. There's on, only so much. Um, there's only so many animals out there. There's only so much tolerance for what we enjoy. And we just have to just continue to promote it in a. And I know this is you know, kind of promoting your thing, and and I don't mind that. We got to do it in a quiet way that just you know, shows everybody how valuable it is and how wonderful it is, and not and not. I I'm with you a hundred percent about the monetization and the and the commercial. It, commercialization of all this i mean i think that it's it's too pure and too wonderful for us to 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 um to keep on doing things the way we are and yeah. so I, I, I i'll support you in any way i can i already have like i told you i haven't put anything on social media and in, you bought a shirt right now. and i bought a shirt yep well, and uh you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna promise you i'm not gonna stop watching Meat Eater. Cause he's going to Alaska soon. And so I'm going <laughs> to want to see that, but, uh, well, yeah, yeah I definitely want to, I definitely want I, I to help you any way I can. So if you can, you know, email me, let me know about that, you know, how I can donate and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah, will. I going to tell other list. people to do the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and, uh, I guess I want right, to keep in I'm touch so and damn, come out and
0: see you. I'm so damn busy. I just can't, follow my ideas through so if you if you want if anybody that wants to donate to hunting access in montana just send me an email at hunt dot or uh oh no hunt quietly at gmail.com with the subject line access donation Yeah, and, and we'll figure out a way to make it work I'm going to put
1: up. that, I'm going to put that as a, a post on my Instagram.
0: All right. Sweet.
1: Yeah. Um, and next time I come out, I'm going to come see you and your little corgi and I'm going to buy you dinner.
0: Oh, we'll go hunting. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Andy. It, we just got to keep this, you know, we got to keep talking about this stuff. We just got to keep talking about, cause like until, you know, and then maybe that's the value of this is we just keep talking about it until we figure out what to do. So.
1: All right. Well, Matt, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, And keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right. Thanks. Have a good night.
1: You too. Bye.
0: Bye.